In 2021, Talk About It Outdoors partnered with an industry-leading brand that has stamped its name on the outdoor industry. Cruiser Saddles in itself stands on perfection, and with every climb we make, we elevate ourselves above the rest. In addition to a support to our hunting journey, the men and women behind Cruiser believe in the same principles of life as us. Faith, family, and the blessings of being better as they go in every sit. If your desire to pursue your passions one step ahead of the rest, go ahead and get in the best. Check them out on all the socials or head over to their website at www.cruiser.com. That's C-R-U-Z-R.com. And tell them to talk about it outdoors, boys, and Chasing Weekends sent you their way. The journey of life has a unique way of being able to create tried and true friendships as we go. In forming those relationships, oftentimes good things come to follow. Talk About It Outdoors is proudly supported by Cal Hardy of Arrowhead Land Company. Cal is the leading broker over Georgia and is happy to assist you with finding the place where you can call home. With vast knowledge and an understanding of the ever-evolving real estate market and a unique old-school approach to everything he does, he exemplifies what it means to treat others like you'd want to be treated. Don't settle for being just another number in a phone. Choose Cal Hardy for all your land, home, and commercial real estate needs and become a part of his family. We sure are blessed to have him as a part of ours. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, or give him a call at 770-296-2163. Step back to the times when a feed store was more than just that, and the people inside smiled with friendly faces and provided a place for a talk on life, as well as all your essential farm, livestock, and pet needs. Cherokee Feed and Seed located in Ball Ground, Georgia, with an additional location in Gainesville, are the hometown supplier of all your cattle, equine, and pet needs, with the added addition of being able to keep your deer herd healthy with protein and minerals. They also carry an assortment of hunting blinds and gear, and you can rest easy knowing the people that support local ball clubs and children's sports are who your hard-earned money is going to. The people here greet you with a handshake and a smile, and Cherokee Feed and Seed give more than just a product. They give you a welcome that'll make you return time and time again. Stop in next time you're in the area and tell them you're part of the Talk About It Outdoors family. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. 
Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. Ready, Nick? Let's do it. Everybody, talk about it outdoors coming to you live from the Cruiser Saddle Studio. It's been a three week hiatus since we cut one of these. The boys have been traveling all over the country. We got some great fun coming up over the next two episodes. We're going to discuss what's been going on right here in Georgia and what's happened across the Midwest. There's this room to turn guys back up to Illinois. We've been to Iowa and we're staying right here at home. Y'all pull up a chair and set a while. This is going to be a good one. Nicholas Wilson, episode 197, proudly brought to you by Cruiser Saddles as we wind our way on into season three of Talk About It Outdoors and get ready to drop episode 200. My friend, how are you? Good, man. How you doing? It's been a long time since we've been in here. It has been a while. Cold I'm weather is finally hitting Georgia. It's been it's been a good, good hunting for some people, not so good for others, and we're going to dive off into all kinds of fun stuff tonight. So, Yep, we got to apologize right out of the gate to the guests listening to this because we are a little bit late on this drop this week we've been behind y'all the guests or the listeners the listeners yeah. listeners yeah. listener yes way behind dropping one this week cole's probably still pacing the floor I bet so. <laughs> him and rp we can count on getting a message from him jeremy jeremy, jeremy will send a message where's the episode at i, don't I got know i got a ho- i got to holler at jeremy real quick on here because i think one of y'all made that post on those turkeys the other day on instagram and Jeremy said, we're just going to skip right over waterfowl season. And I, I was going to comment back, and I couldn't think of nothing, not be not not nice, you know, in a roundabout way. But sorry, Jeremy, we don't know. Uh, we know about as much about uh, waterfowl as <laughs> I don't know what Alex says getting a haircut lately. <laughs> I got one before I went to Iowa. Thank well, you. cutting your mullet off. <laughs> no, nah, we don't know that much about waterfowl, Jeremy, so you probably won't get much out of us. We are trying to get old Cal Hardy over here to set in on with us, so – hard to talk about something you don't know and and be entertained and be able to ask questions that are pertinent or going to be uh able to to relate to mm-hmm. i mean i ain't going to sit here and pretend like i know anything about duck hunting i've never been duck hunting a day in my life I've, I've shot a few birds flying but i've never shot at any ducks and frankly don't need any more hobbies i guess is what's kept me from going and doing it and and i just generally am done by the time deer season's over with, I don't need to do something else. I've never had the desire to go. Not one time. Any wing sports? Have you ever done any real wing sports other than shoot maybe at a dove? And hell, I had never even been on many I dove hunts. I ain't dove hunted since I was a kid. I really, again, don't really care much for it. So, I do like doves. I ain't going to listen to them boys no more. I don't care nothing about them ducks and doves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll run some podcasts to listen to. I'm going to listen to working class bow hunter. <laughs> Listen to them talk about whatever it is that's flying over their head. I did shoot some quail one time with Cal. I can see why that, I mean. 
I've like, heard I've heard people that do that. I mean, you, well, I think a lot of people go watch dogs work, and that's one of the reasons you like rabbit hunt so much. Mm-hmm. So that's that. That was a lot of fun. He likes rabbit hunts. He likes them biscuits and gravy that come with them rabbits. Oh, you got to stop on the way and get you one. Now, I guess when you grow up, you, like you said, oh, you know, I don't want to get any more hobbies. You kind of deer hunt, and then it's kind of rabbit season for us, and then turkey season. And I just don't want to pick up something else. Well, we always fished uh, in the spring, and, and that was my thing. Spring and summer, you fished, and then you hunted in the fall, and there was never any duck hunting. There ain't no ducks Wait. around. I, don't, I mean, maybe there were, but. You ever eat a good duck? I ain't. I've never eaten. I don't know that I've ever had duck that was fit to eat. Every time I've tried to eat it, it's just doggone greasy and slimy tasting, which I I'm, they say it's good. I ain't never. I had some, I think, one time, and somebody else had to make it. Caleb likes duck meat. Whoa, dad joke. Dad joke. Yeah. Dad. <laughs> oh, we're, uh, there you go, Jeremy. There's your plug for that waterfowl. Well, there's some, we'll, maybe we'll get some waterfowl guests on after the first of the year. Maybe we can spin one up. We had not done one in 200 episodes. Maybe we need to do a duck episode. Big Cal Hardy might come over here and knowledge us a little bit on it. I see he's we, been wearing them down. We did talk to Jr. Jr. talked yeah. ducks yeah. when him and uh, Cameron Cameron came over. We mm-hmm. talked a few ducks with him. Shout out to Jr. Been doing the gear reviews and stuff. <laughs> I enjoy watching them. He's on. He man. does a very good job with those. The way he does the the little teasers and things with. Um, stuff I'll never be able to afford reviews. That's what I'm going to change it to. <laughs> Deep pocket reviews. Yeah. I hope you hear that, JR. I hope you're doing good. But no, I mean, it's been, it's been fun winding up, getting ready for Christmas here. You know, we, we kind of went through November as a blur. Thanksgiving was, was fun. And we had guys going and traveling back to the Midwest, which we're going to do on episode two tonight. We're going to break this into a two parter and cover the Midwest and, See how it went for everyone. We've got Travis Dawkins here tonight. He wasn't on the former uh, Illinois episode, so we're going to let him chat a little bit, and we'll get Mr. Underwood on to talk about his recent trip up there. We're going to stay at home in Georgia for now and, and talk about some deer that we've been able to knock down here. And It kind of started off slow, really, in a way. for, for Well, it really came out of the gate hot. I mean, we knocked the, the legs out from under a bunch of does, and then it kind of just tapered off, and we didn't do much of anything for a while. So... Um, it's, it's been fun to see everybody kind of, kind of be able to target some deer and chase them down. And, and two of the guys that are going to talk about deer tonight definitely did that from right out of the get go. They had deer on camera and they were able to chase them till their legs quit on them. And, um, one in particular, uh, he, he kind of broke his horns up and he, he kind of screwed him, screwed him up a little bit on the long go, but I think he was pretty tickled to get that deer, wasn't you, Caleb? Oh yeah. I was, I was super tickled to get him. Uh, he did. He broke his G2 off of probably two and a half, three inches off his G2. But I had pictures of him all through velvet season. And then all of a sudden he disappeared. And I finally got the property behind me, uh, permission to hunt it. So I put camera out there first week, had all three of my shooters back on camera. And uh, he's disappeared again. And then finally just came in chasing a doe. So, well, do you think that? that you did you think he was bigger when you saw him in velvet early on that joker looked a lot i mean he looked like a super magnet yeah whenever he was in velvet he definitely looked like he had more mass of short for sure because the velvet but uh he looked like he was probably 18 20 inches wide but he ended up being 17 inches wide inside spread what day did you kill that on thanksgiving day the day after okay yeah they were they were fired up around here that time yeah oh yeah so he come right in on you shot him with a gun I shot him with a thirty thirty. First time I ever shot anything with a thirty thirty. But I actually got down there 
looked around for a tree to hunt. Same thing, like Illinois is covered in poison ivy on all the trees. <clears throat> so I found a tree that was on the fence line that was bent real bad, crooked. So I put some steps on it, climbed up, it was sitting there. Wind's bad that morning, just blowing right in my face. Seen a couple of deer, seen a couple of small bucks, and then decided to climb down because I was getting wind burnt. Well, as I was climbing down, I took my first step onto my ladder and my foot slipped and I slid down the tree and scratched my hand pretty good. Well, then I'm hanging there sideways with my lineman belt still around the tree and around me still. And I done had my gun laid on the ground and everything. Well, as soon as I did that, I looked up and there's a doe running right at me. She jumps the fence at 10 yards. I knew there had to be a buck behind her because her mouth was wide open. So I crawled over, grabbed my gun, still attached to the tree, swing around, <laughs> and <clears throat> I go to pull the trigger, and I reckon I forgot to pull the hammer back. So he's running right at me. He jumps the fence, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't shoot that deer. And, I mean, I knew it was the wide one that I had on camera. I knew there was one of the two that I had on camera, and there's a doe behind him running behind him. Well, I'm turning around looking in that thicket, and there he is at 20 yards. And I just pulled the hammer back, put it on him, squeezed the shot, and I watched him run 30 yards and pile up. And uh, I finally got unhooked from the tree, <laughs> and I took off over there, got to him. And when I got right there to him, another buck come running right at me. It was a big six-point. He come at me. I had to holler at him for him to turn around. Well, then I'm standing there on the phone with a landowner, talking to him and i hear another buck grunting behind me turn around and here comes another buck and it has <clears throat> one horn that's probably like 12 inches long the other side's broke off i mean it's just a straight up horn and uh he come around big body deer and he caught up with those does take off running them and then uh i went over there picked up the deer figured out which one it was and it was the wide eight point that i had on camera how, season. how did you gun hunt with the in your saddle how where did you put your gun i know we see a lot of posts and things like that that people can't figure out what what would you <clears> find was best for you to gun hunt out of that saddle well i put it on my left side because i have my camera on the right side and uh the bow hanger that we got those little big green ones that we got from pinks yeah pinks so i used it for my gun and had it hanging there and that's actually i had the camera arm low enough to where i could actually prop on that arm too okay so if it was on the right side coming across that clear cut i could have a good steady prop but uh i ended up since i was at the base of the tree i just propped up against the tree real quick i think a lot of people are scared of where they're going to hang it they don't want it you know hanging above them or below them or whatever and i, I saw a guy the other day you may have seen this post he had took a piece of paracord and tied from his scope rings and he was hooking it in his carabiner on his on his bridge. He'd hook it in there, just let it hang there over the, in front of him. And boy, that's giving him down the road. I thought it was a good idea, you know. And yeah. They said, "Well, that's gonna pull your scope off." He said, "If this scope's cheap enough, it gets pulled off by a piece of damn paracord hanging here. I don't need to be using it." And I thought, well, I just I true. just hang mine from the sling on that BK strap. I think that, I think that's what Caden does too. I had mine on my sl- on my rope like that on my sling, but it was tilted out a little bit farther than i like the with the gun on it and i didn't like that so i ended up moved out around the tree and hung my bag on it and i just screwed in that small screw in uh hanger that i got yeah well i guess if you had a good backpack if you if like if you had a good backpack you could probably you might almost like jared was talking about with sticking it down in your boot you might be able to stick the stock down in the back of your backpack you know if it yeah. zips from the top and flips out I don't know yeah, how much trouble that'd be that. trying to pull it out if you had it right Not there. Pull the trigger when you pull it out. 
something. Eh. I, I don't yes, want that. Yeah. That that always scared me, and I've only done it one time when I was in Iowa. I had that 450, and, and I wound up standing there holding the damn thing all the time because I don't like my gun hanging there. I just don't feel comfortable, especially in that saddle with it. I don't see how in the world you can stand that thing pointed in your direction. I mean, it's, it's got to be pointed right at you if you're hanging it from that strap. No, it's Not pointed straight you, up in the, up straight in the up tree. In the if you point the strap towards you and point the gun that way, it leans away from you. That's the way Caden does it. I've seen his pictures. Mine just hangs right against the tree when I and it's just pointing straight up the yeah, tree. Caden's that's what mine does too. Like away from him a little bit. I keep my strap. Your I don't point it down. I probably tight. should point it down. I don't know. It's don't been know. an inter- topic of conversation lately. I've seen on there. I didn't like <laughs> having that thing. I guess comfort comfort levels or whatever you want to call it. It's, I didn't find a good way. But you know, Jr. You makes a uh, makes one of those slings that goes on a shotgun. It's got a loop on it that, that hangs off of it. He's they, Waterfowlers hang them off those hangers or limb or whatever, but you could get one of those to hang it up with. You might need to get you one of them rifled pistols and just put it put it in a holster on your side. I have one. <laughs> I mean, I got, I got one of those contenders. It's a three oh eight barrel. I'm scared maybe, to death maybe to shoot you should, it. Maybe you should get two on each side. <laughs> Wide herb just hanging <laughs> yeah, off the side yeah, of the <laughs> I'm a Huckleberry. Here he comes. Here he comes. Yosemite Sam up there. Draw. <laughs> Just, no, like, you don't say man anymore. It says draw. Yeah. Would you get in trouble by the DNR if you had two gun, two pistols? There's there's, there's no law that says you can't carry more than one gun. I mean, if it's gun season, you can interesting. Carry, yeah, never thought about that. Yeah, interesting. I guess you could take a scattered gun in a. But sometimes you can't use two fishing rods, but you can take two guns. Well, I've often thought uh, several times, you know, rabbit, uh, not rabbit, I don't know why I said rabbit, um, bow hunting, I've thought, man, I'd like to have me a twenty two here sometimes to shoot squirrels or something, or a coyote or something like that. Especially if you have one suppressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With them shorts. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even scare no deer off. Mm-hmm. Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> My wheels are turning. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the, the woods a lot lighter next year. Two forty fives on my side. I'm gonna go buy me to them long colts and that is uh, uh what's everybody doing? They're going in lighter with the saddles and stuff. You're going in super light. I'm going in super light. Two forty fives. No, because you know me, gadget king. I'd have a you know fifteen pound gun belt on. I'd have to have shells all the way around the back. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to have, that would you make know. for good content. <laughs> I'd, well, you get that, you got to wear spurs. And, hey, how you going to walk in leaves with spurs on? You're going to be ching, ching, ching. <laughs> Sound like old Longbeard walking through the woods. Yeah. What's that noise? <laughs> they had to come investigate. Uh, Is that a feeder going off? We're, getting, we're getting out. No, it's Alex going out with his spurs walking to the stand. <laughs> Oh, man. I did shoot a deer with a pistol one time, though. He was asking about that. I had a, and you remember this, I had that 686 Smith mm-hmm. & Wesson. It had a all I guess there was a seven or an eight inch barrel on it. It was a forty four Magnum, had a red dot scope on it. And anybody that knows me knows I'm not really that big of a feller or that not that stout anyway. And if you've ever shot one of them guns, I put that thing. There was a doe come in underneath me. I just one handed that son of a gun down between my legs when I shot. I throwed that gun. I bet fifteen foot behind me. Whoo! I, I couldn't hold it. It was too much recoil, but. Shot that doe right huh. the... I ain't never thought about shooting one with a pistol. I shot one in my forty cal when I was twenty one. A doe there at the house. How the truck one? 
Hell. <laughs> out of a summit climber. <laughs> Shot it. Out of a Z seventy one climber. <laughs> Come around a curve with the yeah. lights. <laughs> Georgia mountain climber. <laughs> oh man. Hey, a little update on my camera. Watch your screen, boys. Seven hundred something bucks. They wanted to fix that thing. I picked it up today. Watch your screens if you're filming. It's a costly expense, wasn't it? Very, very, very costly expense. Well, um, I've got, I've got my mind now. I'm just. Give me some sounds. Hell, word chaps for that side hole, full <laughs> <laughs> leg. Well, you'd have your butt covered, you know, if you were the buttless chaps. That'd I'm look, just I, you just you had the saddle on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just the saddle. It'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, skeeters might yeah. get you in the nethers. Yeah. You won't need your binocular harness because it'd be so so close. You can wear a cross draw holster right here on your chest. No, I want pistols. I want to have it like where I draw them off of each side across the sideways. I don't know if you knew that. Was you might want to get one of them pistol boots, <laughs> one, uh, boot your pistol too, and then I'll on your chest. Yeah, Chad, if you, Chad, if you hear this, up our cruiser, I need you to make me uh, two <laughs> pistols holders, one right-handed, one left-handed, to go on the outside of that cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> just fitting them molly clips. Just. Oh, just one on each side. I ain't gonna, where am I gonna put my dump pouch? <laughs> On the back. Just I'm I'm I got some holsters over. I might try oh, to rig that God. up. I do got two of them Heritage Rough Rider revolvers twenty twos. We might have to we might have to rig something up with this this little new sheriff me. in town. Come at me now. There's a new sheriff in town. Yeah, new episode <laughs> dropping this this Saturday. How do you like me now? <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, congrats, Caleb, on knocking yeah, one down. You, you come right out of Illinois with a, with a hot hand and knocking yeah. one down in Georgia. So congrats to you, buddy. It's uh, Appreciate it. I wish you'd got it on camera. Yeah, I wish I did, too. Did you get anything? I guess not because you was tied up. You was bottom. tied to the stuff. Yeah, I had the deer that I seen before that one, but other than did that. Did you do anything after? Yeah, like I tied the story in. and Yeah, I ended up videoed everything, like me walking up to the deer. Oh, nice. All that stuff. I did all that. Okay. Uh-huh. Tell for a tell for a good story. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, well congrats. Appreciate it. You, anything the rest of the season? I mean it's right here at Christmas time. Yeah, I'm I got one more buck tag, so I'm hoping to kill another buck in Georgia and then maybe slip off to Alabama. I got property over there. Hopefully I get over there before season's up, over with. Try to knock one down. So. One of our one of our other teammates, y'all might bump be bunk buddies over right here. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Oh, be careful! You know he don't like him jokes. <laughs> uh, well, congrats again! And it, while we're on this, because I don't think you'll be on the next one, um, what's what's you looking forward to uh, for Christmas? What's your big big plans for Christmas? No, I really ain't got a whole bunch of. Uh, really, this will be the first year to watch Arlo. Oh open yeah, up right. some Gifts and stuff. So it'll probably be pretty fun watching oh, him, yeah. but. Uh, last year he was just born, so he was too little to do anything. But this year he's going to be into everything. So get to enjoy it. You'll get, get to, to play pawpaw and sit there and sit on the couch and drink coffee and just smile. Oh, yeah. You get the floor. Get down there and play with that boy. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Well, let's see. Caleb, who is that other guy that's part of our team that, that killed one? I think he killed his after you, so I think you got to go next, partner. 
<laughs> get me Jack? a gravy. Yeah, get, get you me a gravy. gravy. Oh my god. Yeah, goodness. tell us about that big old buck you killed. Then we'll get on to what date did you kill yours? Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving Day. Oh, so you were actually before Caleb. So yep. you went out of order. Well, that's all right. I wanted to give give old boy a chance to chat. Right. He's he's got the most bucks on the team this year so far, so he's gotta he's gotta talk the first. So you, you got this you got you you got this piece of ground from coyote hunting. And um Yeah, a buddy of mine um that I coyote hunt with, he uh his is lets me hunt this piece of property and it's been it's been really good I've, I've i shot a doe there early on in the season and didn't really get to hunt it much i kind of moved around on the other side of it and set up where i thought would be a good place and every time i've been there i've been able to see some deer but i hadn't really seen anything i wanted to wanted to shoot i mean it was just does and some small bucks and um we got one there called the dangler coding <laughs> tell you he looks I don't know. Wow. He's weird looking. Probably turn into a giant or something. But he's he's got some gross or something on him, and he kind of looks pretty poor. But um, he's must have a little D board in him, probably, <laughs> or a lot of Wilson. <laughs> he's an eight pointer, but he's got real stubby horns, and they're kind of. He looks like a young buck, but he's yeah. just got some weird stuff going on in his face, hanging off of him, and everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wilson D board cross. <laughs> but uh, I, I had seen him um, a few days before. I think on Sunday I'd hunted. Actually, Cody, I even said on the video, I rattled him in. I was like, Cody, you'll be proud of me. I rattled this one in. He, I wasn't blind calling. I seen him pass by, and I rattled, and he came in. But um, Thanksgiving morning, I really hadn't seen anything. I think you and I were texting back and forth, Cody, and I don't yep. think I'd seen a deer. I was actually running late to get in the tree because I didn't get in from coyote hunting until about 2.30 that morning, mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't going to get up and go. And – I got to tell this because it was kind of weird. I was laying there on the couch. At, I woke up at 5.15. My alarm went off, and I got a pretty good little drive ahead of me, so I got to get going. And uh, I was like, I'm not going hunting. And Jess had came in there to put on the turkey for Thanksgiving. And she asked me, she said, are you going hunting? I was like, no, I don't think so. And, and at 5.55, I, I swear this happened. It, it was like, a, and I could have been delirium, sleep deprived, whatever, but I had a, like a premonition of deer running through a thicket, like a privet hedge. I could see the legs, and it brought me to life all at once. And so I jumped up, throwed my stuff on, and I got in the stand at 638, which legal shooting light was 645, so it was already getting gray light, and I really didn't expect much. But, man, it was windy. I mean, it was like Caleb said, those few days right there around Thanksgiving, the wind was getting it pretty good. But sitting there, and, and I hadn't seen anything all morning and just happened to turn around and, and behind me and, heard something i looked and that buck was coming right at me and i honestly i got the camera on and i was waiting on him to walk in the shooting lane but he caught my wind where i'd walked right into and and smelled it and he kind of got skittish and uh i uh i just drew on him and i felt like i I rushed the shot i know i did but when i shot i turned it loose I, i really got worried because he took off like a rocket and you'll see in the video that he's digging taters i mean he's trying to get up on his wheels and he ain't got no wheels underneath him and i could see the arrow sticking out of him as he ran off and i thought oh lord i've shoulder shot this deer i got real pretty worried about it and i actually called cody and called you nick and talked to y'all a little bit and kind of ran through my head what was going but i seen him bed down three different times when he uh, ran off and i watched him for a little bit and anyway waited till about two hours to get down i found pretty good blood and i found my arrow and it was I was on the phone with Cody, and I showed him the arrow, and we figured it had about 10 inches Mm -hmm. of penetration. I thought, well, maybe I got enough in him. So I walked up to where uh, I last saw him bed, and I found pretty good blood. You know, I thought, man, I was able to trail him all the way to that spot. And I was walking up through there, 
and I didn't want to push too far. I was going to let him lay, and I actually saw him bedded in a, in a brush top, and I could only see him from about his uh, three-quarter of his body from his shoulders back. I couldn't see his head, and I made the decision to leave and, and just let him lay there because it was, what, 40s? Yeah, it was, it was, it was cold, cold enough to lay. So I told I talked to Cody on the phone. I told him I said I think I'm just gonna let him lay and just go, you know, back to the house, eat Thanksgiving. I'll come back and get him after that. So went to my grandmother's and came back and and I, I got to where he was at and I couldn't see him. I thought, man, he's got up move. But then I saw him just over to the left of it and he was expired completely. You know, I could see him laying down and I thought, all right. So I I videoed it walking up to him and everything. And I got I got to him and when I got to him. I was pretty shocked at what I found because I've never had that in all the years of going to the Midwest and, and hunting in places that I have. The coyotes had already got to him and he just back end out, which I'd never had that happen before. So it, I was, it was a total of what? How many hours were you gone? I shot that deer at eight, uh, excuse me, at, uh, yeah, it was 820 when I shot him and, and I saw him at 1005 and there was no coyotes on him. And I was back at 1250. And, and from the time I was there till 1250 yep. is when they got on him. So it's crazy. They had to have just been right there. You know? I, I guess. And, and, and we used to coyote hunt all around there. And I guess we need to try to get pretty close back to it, but <laughs> sounds like it. I just, I was shocked that it was, that they'd got to him that fast. And, and I was, I've never had that happen and I've never, you know, wondered. I, so I got to researching and doing some reading on dads that don't eat that deer, you know, and I thought well, maybe I can get some back straps out of it because they'd eat the hams, but they'd got up into the, to the guts and they always start. So when, when predators eat an animal, scavenger animals, coon, coons, coyotes, um, <laughs> Whose phone is that? It's you. How's it coming on my phone? Is that Tyler calling? I thought it was Josh. Is that Tyler calling? Every breath I take. All right. Tyler, you know we're podcasting, so I'm calling him. Thanks, Handor. Yeah. Uh, that's what you were listening yeah. to on the way here. Nineties rock and roll. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Playing, yeah. Um, Some bright morning. When you uh, was that big timber over there? What kind of woods was it? Heavy, heavy timber. Public land, um, private. It's private. Um, in a in a archery only area. Um, Did and, you uh, door knock a lot. No, just one door. Yeah, to get that spot. Yeah, <laughs> but uh. It was it was crazy that they had what I was what I was getting at before um, TLC came on. Um, it was what then who sings that song? Uh, TLC maybe. Uh-oh, who was that, Travis? Puff Daddy. It wasn't Puff Daddy. Sorry, I ask. Um, so coyotes will will must sting. Um, sting. They'll wasn't it sting. <laughs> yes, it was originally sung that song. Hundred percent. That song, that song that he was just playing, yeah. Sting sung that. Look that up. Not what he was playing. The original version. I I don't know who was playing that. Who is it? Diddy. P. Diddy. He was right. He said Sting. He he said P. Diddy before, didn't he? Diddy covered that song when Notorious B.I.G. died. That song that he was playing, the girls singing it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you just go to it. 
I don't even know where I was going with this. I, I shot an eight pointer, and that's about it. I don't even know. He's talking about the coyotes taking a leak on that deer. So when, yeah, when they they musk, yeah, and I don't I don't think it's like peeing on it. It's somehow they spray. They they do like marking their territory, but they spray out. It's not just it's not like pee. It's it's huh. marking their territory, and it's they they spray on it, and that's what they had done. That song got smelled terrible. I drug him in the creek and washed him and. I gutted him because I was going to have to drag him a pretty good ways. I should have just cut the head off of him and left him, but I didn't know how the landowner would feel about that, so I got it out and wasn't able to That's consume any tough, of the though. meat. No, it's always, it was, it's, it's the first deer I've ever lost to coyotes, and, and I don't, I, 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 I guess anybody can look at it how they want to, you know. But I, I mean, it was it was not what I wanted to happen. I really felt bad about it. I mean, we, I really, really did. We're all ethical hunters, but when you asked me on the phone, you're like, man. And I well, I told you, I was like, I wouldn't eat it. Period. Like yeah. I just, it's not worth risking it. I mean, no. Really hot spell. Yeah, it's got hot in here. Turn that heater off, Cade. Um, but I think it was right college way. But Caleb's going to European. So you got a little me. bit of you got a little bit of footage, Joe, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I got him when I. I mean, I videoed right up until I swung the camera, and you can see the shot, and he runs off and. Then I went back and told the whole story, and I had videoed that morning, and, and so I, I got enough to put a decent little hunt together for Shoot it. You. I mean, that's all. I mean, I just wish I'd been able to swing on it. And he had I had moved the camera to where he was walking to, but man, I tell you what, and just like mature deer do, as soon as he hit my where my wind was blowing, which I've been very very particular about hunting because I, I've I've been hunting a really big deer in that area and. Um, somebody's like, well, why did you shoot an eight point? Well, I wanted to. I mean, it was a big enough buck. I wanted to shoot it. I don't care if <laughs> I hadn't killed a buck in five years. That's the first buck I've killed George in five years. I mean, I was tickled to death with it. And he, he would have been bigger next year, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I would expect he, I expect he to grow. I mean, three and a half year old buck, he thought he'd got a little bit better. But yeah, absolutely. Well, you know how you know how old he is, though? <laughs> Not a day, old a day older than the day I shot him. But no, I was tickled with him. It was, it was, great to knock one down but i will say this and and you know setup of of your archery equipment and making sure that you have the proper setup that 100 percent played into me being able to because i I made a bad shot on that deer i it was a high shoulder shot um and, and i truly believe and i told cody and you this had i not been shooting those heavy arrows that that steve from zinger had built for me you know it's a 524 grain total weight arrow i'm shooting 64 pounds 30 and a half inch draw so i've got a good bit of kinetic energy and and then i pushed that broadhead it broke his leg caden came over it broke that deer's leg on the opposite side it went that far through and i mean straight through the shoulder it was directly through the scapula went through him caught the top of the lungs cut him all you know the arteries through there and it broke his leg i mean shattered the other shoulder it didn't come out but it shattered it that's why he couldn't run so i mean i'm i'm a i'm a believer in those setups that steve and those guys are putting together so canadi arrows i mean i'm i'll be i'll be using them no question about it moving forward so because it took a bad shot i mean those grim reaper broadheads did exactly what they were supposed to do i'm everything about it, it had i not been shooting the setup that I was, I honestly believe I wouldn't have have recovered that deer. It would have been just another story to tell to be gone. So yeah, well, good. I'm glad you got you one. <clears throat> so season's not over. Six weeks left. I'm falling behind on a buck in Georgia. I uh, I did see a couple over the Thanksgiving holiday. I had a, <clears throat> I actually had a video. I had a video of my um, GoPro, and I actually got some 
pretty good footage of them, but I got one off in the distance, but I never had never had much luck through Thanksgiving. I, they weren't really chasing in the areas I was hunting, but um I ain't really seen I ain't really seen that hardcore chasing around here like Caleb was talking about. You know, I, I don't know I don't know if I just been in the wrong spot at the wrong time. I had a few on my trail camera, but that was it. So it's been a pretty tough pretty tough year for me to find find that good buck that's been just that I wanted to see good chasing, you know, so there's, it seems like they're still searching a little bit too. Like even on cameras up until now, uh, today's what the December thirteenth. Seems like they're still searching some. So. Well, I'm sure they are. I mean, it's, you're not you're like not the, talking the, two weeks after. I mean, I'm sure they're still looking. But bucks are going to chase or look for does and seek them. But it don't even they, seem like some of the does like they're still in groups. All those does at my house that I get on camera and other places, it seems like they're still grouped up. So I don't know if they all break up at some point or they just kind of filter out and they one pulls off and goes with a buck but um i'm a firm believer that if it's if you got to be in the right place to see the oh, rut yeah. there ain't no yeah. ain't no doubt about it i mean it may be you may not see chasing in one place and it's crazy you read these forums and stuff and it's well ain't nothing going on in my area and two guy two counties over the guy's seeing chasing like crazy and he's like ruts on you know and i don't know just get in the damn woods that's all i can tell you <laughs> I think it definitely. I think it changes city to city, honestly. Around here, I mean, yeah. I mean, there ain't a scrape that's got. I mean, I ain't found a fresh scrape around here in a couple of weeks. I just wonder if they're about to start. I wonder if they'll kick back off and start opening up some scrapes here soon. I don't know. I don't know. It's been weird. Yeah. This season. Yeah. They've definitely had plenty of food. Now I think some of the food's starting to. Oh yeah. I think it's starting to be harder for them to find because all the leaves have fell. They're having to start getting some of the acorns. And I think there were so many acorns that fell. I think all of them are rotted now. Probably are. If not, squirrels got them all buried. Be some fat squirrels. This, <laughs> this. You ever seen a for your dad? You ever seen a rubber nut? <laughs> this, this is PG thirteen, Alex. Have you ever you, seen a rubber no, nut? I don't even know what that is. Have you? No, I've never even heard of one. Caleb. <clears throat> so there was a guy, Mark. He he's a friend of ours up in Iowa. He gave dad a couple of them. They're rubber nuts. And this guy would take and he would get an acorn and he would hollow it out and or he would drill it out and he would stick rubber pieces of rubber in there and and fill that thing up to where when that acorn rotted it felt like rubber the whole thing it was full of rubber and he would put a top put wood putty back on it you couldn't tell that there was any rubber or it was any holes in it at all and he would you squeeze that thing it's rubber nut really yeah well, here's a uh, 50 of them on uh, ebay Let's see what they is look it just like. a novelty? Just a novelty? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if it's right. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that could be it, but um, yeah, there's some guy used to make them and hmm. sell them. No, up never, in never heard of such. So I hadn't either. Learn something new every day. Rubber nuts. Hmm. Well, let's get on to uh, the hammer himself. He's been chasing this buck hard all year, all year, and finally, 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 two connected. years, two years, yeah, finally connected with it. You talking about countless food? amounts of corn? I mean, he's cleared cornfields. He has kept 4S in business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's been a long – you talk about footage on a deer. I think I got 12 months worth of footage on that deer So, uh, from last year to this year. So he was uh, – a Hold on. You got 12 months of hunting that deer, not of this deer, because when you saw him, you killed him. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It wasn't like you was watching him from afar. No, 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 no. Um, I did. I had – I have history with this deer. I had some history with him last year, and he was an eight-pointer, and I didn't even target him last year. He was 
he was probably 900 inch eight pointer last year and i was targeting a different buck in the area and ended up getting shot out from underneath me and alex <laughs> day uh, one literally heard him die so i just left him alone left the area alone really didn't even run a camera in there um up in, like up until November last year, I ran a camera in there, and then I didn't run a camera late season. Got some got some cameras back out this year, and I actually he wasn't originally my target buck this year. I, there was an actually an eight pointer in there that I was wanting to shoot, and he disappeared on me opening weekend. So I assume he met his demise by some other hunter. But I stayed on him and was tracking him, and I put countless numbers of miles on my truck driving knocking on doors running cameras i did gain access to several more properties down where i was hunting just trying to figure out and i had that deer on three different cameras in three different spots but i knew i knew where he lived and now you can kind of throw that out the window when the rut comes right but he um he up in November, he kind of disappeared, and he was showing up once every, I don't know, two weeks, and it would be at night. And he would just come by, and he would eat some food for maybe three minutes, and then go to bed or wherever he was going. And moving into the latter part of November, when we got back from Illinois, I actually I got I finally got a daytime picture of him, and I actually... I'm going to tell myself, I actually told everybody, I'm going to let that deer walk. Well, this was early. This, this is before you even before, got a daytime yeah. picture of him. And I said, I'm going to let that deer walk. I said, I don't think I'm going to shoot him. And then I got a daytime picture of him. But that was before Illinois. That was before Illinois. You think you were like all ramped up, like well, I'm going to go to Illinois and kill one, so I don't really don't need this deer. Well, so. I mean, I, I'm serious. Do you no, think that's why? I think that may have played into it a little bit, but I think, too, I, I sincerely was believing I, if this deer will continue to stay in this area, I may, I probably could let this deer walk and roll the dice because where I was hunting is pretty low pressure in the in the exact area I'm at, but that deer could travel anywhere, right? Yeah. So I, I think I kind of talked myself into like, okay, I, I think I'll let him walk and he'll be a really good buck next year if he makes it. But then I got a daytime picture of him and I was still like, no, I'm going to let him walk. Caden's like, you're crazy. You know, yeah. You know, you're an idiot. I mean, it's easy to say if you had 6,000 acres that you could do that on. Right. So, you know, I'm hunting on four acres, but I finally got some really good daytime pictures of him and some really good videos. And I really started looking at him more. And I was like, dang, I might be a little bit better deer than I expected. I think I'm going to target him. And, and when I did that, he started. Towards the end of November, like the very last week of November, he was he had daylighted like two days in a row at the same time. And I was like, okay, I need to start next week. I'm going to hunt hard on this deer. And it was the very last week of November rolling into December. Mm -hmm. And I hunted that. I hunted Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning nothing couple does one small buck thursday afternoon i said i'm giving him a break i'm just gonna get out of here like i've been coming in here a lot i was talking to you i was talking to you like egress like changing the way i walk in 
play in the wind differently, like all these scenarios. So I didn't hunt Thursday evening. I'm sitting at home. Boom, daylight picture. I was like, son of a gun. So Friday morning, I couldn't go. It was raining. It rained. How long did he stay in there Thursday? Uh, 10 minutes, maybe. Oh, goodness. Full daylight. Full daylight. He was there for quite a while, just milling around. And what's crazy about that spot down there is there's there's no hardwoods in that bottom, and there's no scrapes, no rubs, but he he lived down there. So let me stop you there for a minute because, you know, you're talking about this is a small piece, and and the reason I'm I'm stopping you to say this is because me and you talked about this that night was – and and I do think deer – I think this happens with deer. I think it happens with turkeys. You know, we were concerned that that deer was watching you park your truck and walk into this place. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of what we kept saying. Like, hey, maybe you should try to walk in from a different area or maybe you should try to do this or maybe you should try to move on him so he doesn't see you. And the reason I say this is if somebody is hunting a sm- smaller parcel like that, I think they need to c- consider that because, you know, one of the local guys here in Canton – where we live, him and I were talking about it, and he's like, man, this deer just never shows up. This deer never shows up. And I said, I guarantee it sees your truck, watches you walk out through there. If it's bedded up, you know, 80, 100 yards, it watches you. It's going to get up and go the other way. I mean, it don't, you know, they're they're smart for, they're big for a reason. I mean, they live there. Yeah, they yeah. know that something's different. All they have to do is hear one stick break, turn their head over there and look, be like, okay, I'm going to get up in a little bit and go the other way. I think it's, I think it's pretty common that you don't hunt an area and then the next night, you know boom there he is yeah. so well it's funny because that so I, I i didn't hunt that friday morning because it was raining and um it was raining up until it was supposed to stop about two o'clock that afternoon and i was like man if i can get in there right after the rain you know he's been he hadn't been on camera he might get up on his feet and start moving and i got nervous because i got off work and went home grabbed my clothes and my camera went off and i was like oh crap i looked it was two does I was like, all right. And they were there until I got there. And then they left about 10 minutes before I got in the stand. But when I got there, I parked in the same spot, but I did walk in. I walk in on a high ridge, and you can see it in the entire bottom I'm hunting. And it's open right now. It's just privet hedge down on the bottom. So I skirted around the bottom side of that hill, which ended up not not mattering. Um, but I got down there, and I was actually in the stand, and I was talking to the camera, and I was planning – you know, for the hunt, if the hunt wasn't successful, I'd already found another tree with better cover. The tree I'm in is awesome early season, but late season. It's, it's awesome if you're the hunter, ain't it, Caden? <laughs> it's like standing on this table right here and y'all try not to see me. I mean, it's just no back cover. I mean, it's, and I, I literally didn't want to be on my phone. I stood the entire evening. I didn't even put my knees in the tree because I was just nervous that if, if, he saw me before I saw him, it was going to be done, you know? Mm -hmm. And I knew if he saw me, that was probably it. He wasn't going to come back through there. Maybe. I don't know. And what's funny about this, and and I'll I'll tell this, where I'm hunting, let's just say um, I'm facing south, and 99.9% of the pictures that I got from him, every time he approached the feeder. Now, whether or not that's the, the way he came, from a long distance, but he approached the feeder from the east 99% of the time. So my focus is to the east every time I'm in that stand. 
And to my west, I can see about 150 yards, but it's just open. And I was sitting in the stand, one of my previous hunts, and you get bored, right? And I was like, I wonder. So I got my map out, and I mapped as far as I could see across this, we'll call it a field. And I said, I was trying to figure out how far it was across through there. Measured it, and it was about, it was actually about 300 yards to the very edge. And I was like, I wonder how long it would take a deer just to walk across that field. And I did this for a reason in my mind of thinking. I was like, all right, I figured it'd take his deer just steady walking, if he's just kind of stopping and eating, whatever, two to three minutes, you know, just walking. So I'm facing east the entire time, but every two to three minutes, I would just look over in that field, and then I'd look back and focus because I'm looking at this one trail. He always comes down. Well, I'd been sitting there, and it was getting – it was probably 45 minutes before dark. It had actually misted on me quite a bit that evening. There was some a lot of mist in there. It was real heavy humidity. And I just happened to look over my shoulder to the west, just checking the field my every, you know, two to three, four minutes. And he's coming across the field. He's halfway, head full up, and he's just looking, you know, just walking, steady walk. And I knew it was him right away. There's no question, no binoculars or anything needed. And coming that way completely threw me off my game. Now, you know, I've done drew my bow bow back four times here. I know where I can shoot here. But now I don't know where he's going to come into the woods at. I don't know if he's going to come in front of me, behind me, or what. Because actually some coyotes had – walked the same way he was walking before and came in the trail and walked behind me before. And I seen some does do that too. It's actually where my doe came from where Tyler filmed me shoot that one. So I pick my bow up. I try to turn my GoPro on. I don't turn it on. Um, I get my big camera on and just trying to figure out where he's going. Well, originally I turn around completely backwards in the, in my saddle and I'm standing with my back to the tree. Cause I think he's coming from behind me got my bow in my hand and i've said f the camera at this point like if he comes behind me i'm just not going to get him on film mm-hmm. well he gets to the edge of the woods and he's going to come behind me well then he turns and goes like he's going to go back in front of me so i spin back around i mean he's at probably 25 yards right now i spin back around lean back in my saddle and i'm hunting a double tree well if he'd have just come in the woods and walked straight it would have been a perfect strong side shot, you know, right there on my left where I needed him to be. Well, he doesn't. He comes in the woods and he turns. I have a feeder there, but he doesn't even go to the feeder. He turns directly north and starts walking right towards me. So I have to then bring my bow over my bridge and get turned, and I have to shoot between the V of the trees. And uh, they're probably a foot apart, you know, but he turns, he comes in there, and he's facing me pretty hard. Um, he's quartering still, but he's he's more or less facing me. And uh, he was at 12 yards, and I just drew back. Smoked him. Gave him the mat. And I did get my camera, so when I saw where he was going, I did just push my camera around the tree. It was recording, and I just pushed it around the tree, and I was like, close enough. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't see it, you know, anyways. Right. And I did get him coming in the woods, and he walks out of frame, 
for just a second and you hear me shoot and then he runs back in frame and you can see the arrow i shot him about where alex shot his buck in illinois i mean i just tucked it right at the base of the neck right in front of that shoulder and um man when he left i mean i knew it was deadly shot yeah yeah it was taxidermist uh, gonna have some work to do yeah uh, grim reaper don't <laughs> don't don't do any favors on one but it he um the air was sticking out you know probably 12 16 inches when he ran off but as soon as he turned and ran he centered a tree drove my air on in and broke it mm. and he couldn't get his front legs under him and he went his maybe 45 yards maybe something like that didn't go 40 oh, didn't go 40 and i thought i heard him crash um and uh i started making the phone calls and i was just it was one of those things really i told caden and tyler came down there you know and helped me and i got down and like it was like kind of bittersweet because like the chase is over then at that point you know yeah and i don't care if he was 160 inches or 110 inches like to be watching it there and pattern and trying to work and get permissions and and just sitting and driving roads, trying to find him during the day, trying to figure out where he's at and why is he going that way and where is he going? Other people saying, oh, I saw that deer, this, you know, all these things, and you're just racking your brain, and then he disappears, and you're like, oh, he's dead. Then he shows back up, and you're like, okay, now what? And then throw uh, all that out the window, and he comes from the opposite direction. Exactly. You you know? to. <laughs> and you know what's funny about that circumstance there is he came – downwind from me he came from a uh area that he never came before on camera and that's the exact same thing that happened last year except for there was a hunter between me and him last year mm-hmm. and he the guy that killed that deer last year said you know that's the first time that deer ever came from that way so you know what though i think about <clears throat> telling that because i was hunting the same day you were and uh you know how many times did you go get in the stand and hunt that deer, and it was a beautiful, crisp morning, good weather. Oh, yeah. And you killed that deer on one of the nastiest days you could possibly be there. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's when big bucks like to be on their feet. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, know, when we when we don't want to be, they mm-hmm. want to be. <laughs> Ain't that crazy, though? Because how many times you hear the old timers? I remember my dad all the time when he was hunting after a big rain, he'd be like, I'm going to go slip around, you know, see if I can see one because them big bucks going to be on their feet, you know. And mm-hmm. it, a lot of times it didn't pay off, but it is. Them nasty, dreary, muggy days, you don't – you're worried about your camera equipment and all the things, you know. And I, only, I told one somebody, I said, "Well, the only good thing about hunting out saddles, your butt, your butt won't be wet." That's true. Mm-hmm. So, and it was, and I tell you that um, that deer, that was my, that's my biggest Georgia deer, and um, <clears throat> that deer, it was, you know, I'm not in near as good a shape as I used to be. Let's not even exaggerate. But Tyler is probably in the best shape of anyone out of this group, and don't don't say that he'll never be able to get his head through the door, Willie Caleb. Well, I think Travis has got him beat. I I mean I, I just Travis mean like strength. Him. Like I I think you know yeah yeah Tyler's probably the strongest <laughs> grip and just you know and we drug and and Caden Caden helped and it was all we could do. To get that deer to the truck, wouldn't it? I I literally almost puked. Not even going. I got to the top of that hill, nearly puked. Hands on knees, bent over. What'd you say it weighed? 
me and Tyler guessed 190. I don't know. Oh, I thought y'all waited. No, I wish I, I – I told him, I said, if it was a co-op close and open, I'd take it over. And I, 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 for some reason, I thought you'd had some scales. And it must have been pretty heavy because when it was coming up that driveway in the back of that Chevrolet, that Chevrolet light not made it up that driveway at his house. I thought I was going to have to hook it forward to it and pull him up through there. So so shout out so <laughs> shout out to Caden and, and Tyler, obviously, for coming. <laughs> Caden left a date to come help. Let me stand up on this and give a bow. Go ahead. And then – let me <laughs> – what, did you finally do something? Let me, I'll shout out to uh, Tyler had to be somewhere, and Caden had to go back to his date. So Nick Wilson did come over and help me skin the deer and cape it out. And uh, Did. Did. Yeah, I do need to give I do need to give uh, JC a shout out, too, because. He toted all them bags of corn. 100%. It might have been a few days and a few lunch breaks. I'd be like, hey. You mind take, toting this bag of corn down there and pouring it? I'll get you a biggie bag of windy to tote this corn down there for me. So yeah, you should have seen. I mean, it was. But it uh, was a big old deer though. The body on it, it was cut up. I mean, it was good deer horn wise, deer. Uh, body wise. I mean, he's gonna make a beautiful mount. Billy got him some sewing yeah. he got to do on that <laughs> chest of him. Well, but. luckily the way I'm turning him, me and Billy done figured. So the way I'm turning him, it's gonna crease it, so he'll be able. to I hide. told him to leave it open. Put a blood spot right there. Oh, no. He told I was like, I've seen those where they're like licking their wound and <laughs> of stuff. Of all people to do something like that, you say that. I can't believe that. But I'll tell you one thing about cleaning a deer over at Cody's house. You ain't got to worry about getting nothing to drink because he won't offer you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I offered you a beer like seven times. He's on a, he's on a hiatus. He just well, ain't told you. <laughs> he could have said no, but I'll take a glass of water. Hey, oh, there I, I was said, sweating. Tell Ted or Nancy they'd have got it. Oh, I was sweating. Yeah. He was over there sitting on a chair, updating Facebook, looking at the gram. Yeah, he's the only then one of the whole and, group that posted the pictures to his personal page before we posted them to talk about it. The then, only one. Then he went, up, then he went up there at his dad's Could house and set, and I was still working. He's a liar. <laughs> I did. I, I, he was leaving the woods. You saw that, didn't you, Caleb? Oh, yeah, I seen it. <laughs> hey. Could not help himself. Could not wait I was, for the I was, day. I was proud. I, I, I was going to text the lie. group and say, hey, Cody, <clears throat> what's going on? You posted it before we did on the, on the page. Poor so Caleb waited a week. Wait, <laughs> hey. He posted his. Hey, do the social media and do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... no, but uh, what what is funny, I I told, I asked Nick, I said, uh, I had, that deer stunk really bad. I mean, I'm he, sure he, he did. Was, he was rutted up. And so luckily Tyler had his rack on the back of his Jeep and he said, just hook that rack in there. And that way we ain't got to put it in the back of your truck. So I did that and I didn't want to have to stop at the store. It was already running. And I was already late getting out of the woods and everything. And Nick uh, was on his way. I was like, man, you care to stop and get a bag of ice? And he's like, no, I don't, I don't care. And I was like, care to give me a case of beer? <laughs> <laughs> so, brought me beer and ice and skimmed my deer. Yep. Not by itself. I thought I was going to have to haul the remains off and skull mount it and everything else, too. Uh, I ain't had nothing to drink. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was a it was a great buck, though. I was glad he got it done. And yeah, congrats. He was, he was excited over it. I mean, he was, he was tore up over it. Yeah. I did. That's of, of all the things I seen first. I thought, like, well, we'll get it on. Talk about it tomorrow morning. You know, boop, back there it is. Cody done posted. I said, couldn't help itself. Uh, it's 
Yeah, I was, I was tickled with it. I, I you should have been tickled. I couldn't. With it. Uh, I couldn't hold out. I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted everybody to see. So that's that's what it was. Well, he's a he's a great buck, and mm-hmm. I appreciate it. And the uh, one of the big things about it, you got a video from after the fact of yeah, that was, deer walking down the road. Yeah, that I, I somebody in the local community had videoed that deer at four a.m. on Thursday, walking down the middle of a road. Um, eleven hundred and twenty yards from where I killed him on Friday evening. He was well known in the area. Yeah, so I was lucky enough to take him, and uh, yeah, it was a it's, it was a fun experience. And I've got some other prospects for next year now. And I'm, is there another buck back in there? Um, yeah, there is. I got a I got a couple, but uh, one that I'm excited to see what turns into next year. May not be anything. May not make it. But we'll see. That's cool. And that place down there kind of, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a crappy spot. It kind of reloads, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chunking out Christmas trees this spring. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because they, they, they leave and then it reloads when, when the green gets back on down in there. I think it's really good bedding. Oh, I'm sure. And really good. They probably come in there late season too because that privet hedge. Yeah. It's a good, it's a, it's a good, uh, late winter. I guess they eat privet hedge. I think it's definitely summer grounds. Yeah. They moved to the hardwoods when it, that's what happened. All the, a lot of the deer left and they moved to hardwoods because there's just no acorns down there in that bottom. Right. So, yeah. Let me, uh, let me hit y'all with a random thought here. (laughs) It's not even a thought. I got two. I'm going to start off with, I'm going to start off with a sentimental one because I want to ask if y'all seen this. And if you did, Tell me what it meant to y'all. Did y'all watch that video uh, Jared Swindle made? That smell? Did you watch that? Oh, about his brother-in-law. Yeah. Oh, did y'all yeah. watch that? Oh, yeah. I did Dude, watch that. Dude, that was good, wasn't it? Have y'all, ever, have y'all ever had that? And if anybody's listening, you know what I'm saying. You probably know what I mean, but there's a video out there Gerald Swindle done about his brother, and he's going to smell this gate or whatever. And, and it's hunting I, in Kansas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All that. yeah. And I was thinking, you know, like, there's times that I've been going down the road and smell something that like brings me back to a certain memory. And, and, and I just, this is the first one top of my head. There's been a lot of them, but like chicken houses bring me back to a memory of my grandpa's up in, up there. So do y'all have a, y'all have something that like y'all going down the road, y'all smell? I've got 100%. Of, Go ahead. Go ahead. Mine's Barry Blend Skull. Takes me right back to high school, sitting in auto. I can smell that stuff. It or peach skull, I can smell either one of those. And I think, and these names probably don't mean nothing to nobody or, you know, probably don't even know, but Drew Dobbins, Eric Garrison, um, Todd Strickland, Mark Head, all them boys sitting there in auto, I can think, because I was 12, 13 years old and in, in auto and them boys dipping that berry blend skull or peach skull, either one of them. And if I smell it, yeah, it takes me right back to that moment. And that's been... Uh, that's been 24, 25 years ago now, but I, and there's a guy I work with, he dips peach. And every time I smell it, I mean, I'm, I mean, when I say it, it oh, yeah. you know, and that I didn't think about that at the time, that smell, but that is the smell that takes me back to, to a moment. I think there's something for Andrew every situation. Waters, you know, any, any yeah. all them boys I think about that was in there at that time. I mean, and that Woodall, I mean, what was Denver's brother's name? Je- uh, Jeffrey. Jeffrey. I mean, I can remember him being there and, Eating cigarettes out behind auto to keep from getting smoke, <laughs> caught smoking them, and, but and I'm sure there's a lot more of smells 
You got one? I, no, I can't think of a, of a particular one. I, I actually, what's funny, I do have one, but it's a weird one. Um, the other day, um, one of my kids brought up a toy. It's an electric toy. It was an electric gun, you know, when you, and it like kind of sparks inside, you know. Well, something was wrong with it. Triggers, and I was like looking at it, and I was pulling it. And you know that smell, that electric. Have you ever smelt that electric? Like smell? a grill burning. Well, I smelt that, and for some reason, I thought back to a toy I had when I was a kid because it it had that real strong smell of that. But as far as like smells out in the, it, I, and I know his video is relatable to his brother. But when I first saw it and I saw the caption on it, it was like. And, and I was like, where is he going with this? And it's probably five minutes long, but it's like he posted he posted something, I think, on Facebook or Instagram talking about all the messages that he had received after people watched that. And it's true. And I never thought, you know, really, of course, you're riding down the road or something like that or something happens, kind of like almost like a deja vu, you know, something brings you to a memory. But you got one, Caleb? Yeah, the other day I was in the drive-thru and I had an old-timey uh, truck in front of me and the smell of it. Reminded me of that old Ford I had back in high school. I used to go mud bogging in, and that brought me back to that uh, riding around on Ramsley Town and stuff. But, yeah, trespassing and shit. I, you I, bo- <laughs> uh, we actually had the keys to the gates. That's what Stevie <laughs> was logging in. We, we could hear that all that. I actually I relate more to songs. Yeah, I hear a song and it'll take me back to. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know. Songs, yeah. yeah. Ain't it funny how yeah. melody? <laughs> how about you boys? Yeah. You got one. I got a good one. Yeah. Whenever you crank up a old 175 horsepower Evan Rude on a, you know, my grandpa had this old Norris Craft uh, bass boat and that smell, you know, when that smoke first hits your nostrils, yeah. I would, dude, I'd get a big old whiff of that and take me well, right back to bass fishing with my grandpa. And my two dad. stroke smoke. Yep. Oh, cam biscuits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cam biscuits. Back to when we'd go. Every Thanksgiving, up to Amacola. So now every time a canned biscuits oh, yeah. hit your nostrils, you think of that? That's a good one. Deer can biscuits. Yeah, deer can biscuits, yeah. B.O. reminds him of the Army or the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> oh, head and shoulders I, I, and B.O. <laughs> I'm sure everybody does. If you do, I mean, I don't know if they can leave us a comment, but I'd like to hear somebody. Maybe leave it on the post that Cody posts about this Not episode. you, Terry. We don't want to yeah. know what smells. <laughs> yeah, leave, leave us a post because you know it's, I'm sure something always brings you back to that once you once it hits you. But uh, hey, let me let me ask you one more, man. I keep piling these things up as we're missing stuff here, but I I do want to bring this up, and, and this, I want to ask this for Cody. But who's the most underrated country music singer? Who underrated? Underrated. Well, he's, mm, in my opinion, uh, new on the scene. And I, I think he's getting a little more notoriety now, but in my opinion, I think Cody Johnson's way underrated. Even though he's he's big, you know what I mean. But I still think he's I think he's underrated. His his just raw his talent, yeah. His music, his total musical abilities, and his voice. No, Alex don't like him. No, I, I like Cody. Cody Johnson, but I I mean he's got some good music, but I don't think he's that good of a singer myself. Man, listen to him sing Shenandoah. I think I think I go old school. Like Mark Chestnut to me was one of the most underappreciated country singers of all time. Yeah, there's anybody a, that's playing. They've been doing it for twenty years and they're playing at the Cowboys in in Cobb County. They was underappreciated. Yeah, or thirty years. Hell, that's probably how long he'd been playing when we seen him. And 
I, I go old school with that because these country these singers today they anybody can get fame. All they got to do is post a TikTok video and go viral. I mean, mm-hmm. did you know that Keith Whitley had a brother in law that wrote a song? Um, he died in in two thousand and three, huh? I don't know, John. Yeah, that was him. He sang that song, and now that boy from from West Virginia's got that come back out. They mm-hmm. the same people that uh, discovered. Um, Oh, what's his name that done the the local song uh, or the one that's so popular now? What's the boy's name? Anthony. Oh, Oliver Anthony. Yeah, Oliver Anthony. Those yeah. same people. They come out with it. He's re, re, done a rendition of it. You know, I I thought about this and not to get in too big of a rabbit hole, but I was literally thinking about this the other day about, you know, like Alex said, like how easy, I say easy, like one guy posts the right song now with him singing on TikTok. He could be famous the next day like Oliver Anthony. But think now. Think about in the eighties, how many great singers never made it because, I mean, you had to, you had to go play gigs, you had to get on the radio, you know, that was it. Like if you didn't have radio time, you didn't have nothing. And now every, there was no social media. So now, I mean, think about being in Arkansas and and somebody from Georgia hearing about you back in the eighties, nineties. I mean. You had to hear it on the radio. Yeah, you had to go play a honky tonk. Yeah, a honky tonk or something like that. And now it's just so simple to get your. And I think it's great because there's a lot of talented people out there. But th- that just goes to show, like those guys in the '80s and '90s that that made it and were good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to work their butts off and on a bus all them times yeah. going places. Look at wrestlers, same way. If you look at wrestlers, they was on buses wrestling. I watched the thing the other day. Said uh, Undertaker wrestled 196 matches in 1988. In '89, he did over 400. They do 12 or 14 a year, you know, now as wrestlers, and they're they're the biggest superstars in the world when it comes to wrestling. You got one, Caleb? Underrated country music singer? I know Tyler would have several. I don't. I don't let y'all I'm listen not a to big, this, old, I'm this not old a, guy right here. I'm not a big music person. Um, but I, I could I could say somebody like Cody Jinks or something like that. I mean, even though he's big. Oh, I hear that guy on TikTok off. That's that song. That's you singing, man. <laughs> oh, Radio West Virginia. That that if you ain't following Radio West Virginia yeah. on TikTok or on YouTube, if you like just random people singing, but yeah, y'all got one underrated, underrated. Marky Mark, Marky Mark. No, he wasn't country music, was he? I could see like, but like, like you, like to your point, like the Cody Jinx and stuff of the world. They don't want to be like well. The the problem is is there's not other than like Spotify and places like that. There's not a place for a lot of those songs on mainstream radio anymore. That's true. If you're not up with the pop and the in the hip culture of new country, then mm-hmm. so I think it's harder for a lot of the newer generations to like. Pull well, I to think that. they were before TikTok got popular, and so you know Cody Jinks and and even Cody Johnson. Or uh, what's his Sturgill Simpson? Those guys they were right before, uh, even um, what's his name from Tennessee? Redhead, everybody hates now. 
Oh, Tyler Childers. Yeah. He was right before mm-hmm. the mainstream of TikTok and things like that. Now you got Warren Ziders and, and uh, Bailey Zimmerman yeah. and all them boys that they started. Now, uh, Warren sang the national anthem at the at the national championship game the other day. And, yeah. I mean, so, or the, the Sugar Bowl. I mean, and where did he come from? And I, I don't think he's got that good of a voice. He's just got a, he's different. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know. And American Idols and things like that have brought all those people around. But Coulter Wall, he's underrated. <laughs> Sorry, boys. He's got a voice that. <laughs> Sorry, know. boys. I'm getting off rabbit holes. No, I like here. it. No, I like yeah, it. Break That's it up a, good a little one. bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm sure there's plenty out there. George Strait. I mean, I know he's underrated. Yeah. Um, he's underrated. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's your favorite George Strait song? We'll I'm, it on man, I'm one. really not. I'm really not really a music person. Fireman. I'm really not a music person. I don't. My favorite one by him it was uh, Seashores of Old Mexico. Mm, that's a good one. No, it was my, it was just a different song. Yeah, I don't know. What I'm good, man. On this one, let's go to Midwest, Cody. Anything? No, I'm good. Caleb, I'm good. Scratch and claw back up there. Well, couple couple people that I want folks to remember definitely remember Biff McGee um, as he continues his his fight and journey that he's on, and and remember Terry's wife Ashley. I know yep. she's facing some struggles right now, and so um, anybody that's that's without this Christmas season, you know, if there's, there's, there's a lot of people that won't get anything for Christmas. Me and the kids was talking about that, this the other night that they had said, you know, I got one present under the tree and, and I've tried to always say, you know, you got one, one kid may not get any. And, you know, so it's just something being in mindful of this holiday season. So a lot yeah. of, a lot of good, good things in the world, but there's also a lot of bad. So I, I heard this thing on cousin's podcast yesterday when I was listening to it was, I guess that family, he had that deer meat for dinner on YouTube. Y'all ever watched him? I've never watched him. You watch him? Yeah, they were talking about that they were telling, asking their kids, like, hey, go get all the toys that you don't play with no more. Bring them and put them underneath the tree, and Santa Claus will pick them up and take them to other kids that need them. So I thought that was That's pretty a good cool. idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'd done that, and then, well, I can tell it on Paul. We did that, and Santa Claus did <laughs> Do what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Santa Claus got him and <laughs> gotcha. Oh, uh, I don't know. Smile is going mouth of memories. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. A few years back, When an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, 
and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Are you in need of a decluttering barn or garage slap full of stuff you just don't need? Or is your construction site needing a dumpster? Give our buddy Tony at Georgia Junk and Dumpster Rental a call. With services ranging from junk removal to roll-offs, Georgia Junk is here to help with any and all removal needs. If it's time to get that parking spot back or the boat needs a place inside, Tony and his team can surely assist. Servicing Cherokee, Cobb, Bartow, and surrounding counties, give them a call at 404-406-3501 or check them out on Facebook at Georgia Junk. Clean up the yard in short order with Georgia Junk. Georgia Junk. 